and welcome to the penultimate episode of the North Pole, the election podcast from the North about the North. My name is Jen Williams and this week we're focusing not on what the politicians are saying but what on voters are telling us on the ground and what that may mean for the electoral landscape. Joining me in the studio is Manchester Evening News local democracy reporter Niall Griffiths who's been out and about this week in Lee. Hi Niall. Hi. And down the line we have Don Moffat from Lancashire Live who's been talking to voters in Burnley and Blackburn. Hi Don. And last but not least, it's great to welcome back Jerry Scott, Westminster correspondent at the Yorkshire Post, where reporters have been out talking to people in the Tory marginal of Pudsey and the Labour Lib Dem marginal of Sheffield Hallam, as well as having a fascinating chat with young voters from Leeds about their biggest concerns. Hi, Jerry. Hello. Uh, and I've been out and about in Bury South this week, uh, which is a key target for the Conservative Party who failed to take it from Labour in 2017. But first, here's some voters uh, in Mossside in South Manchester and also in Salford talking about their biggest concerns in this election. It doesn't matter what Boris does. If he's going to take us out, then we people will vote for him, regardless of what he does or says. This type of area is, is, a, Brexit, is a Brexit area. That's it. And not necessarily a deal Brexit. No deal deal Brexit. There's no point, there's nothing for us like to vote on. We're from my side, a huge stroke, and you know, no one pays any attention to us, no politicians, no big rich, no nothing, and we're just left at the side. Fulfill your promises. We want to have a nicer, we're, we're entitled to that. Council tax isn't low, it's good, very high, and if you don't pay it, you've got bailiffs at your door. So what are we paying for? You know, we have to, we, we have to, um, beg and plead for people to come and take away your rubbish. Nothing gets done. I don't care who it is, Conservative, Labour, Lib Dem, I don't care who it is, they do nothing. Dirt, filth, block drains, smell. No, we live with that until they're ready to actually get our cross on the, in their boxes. With politics, uh, they could do a number of things. One is, you know, liaise with the community, help them in their times of need, things like small petty things like litter, dumping in the alleys or, you know, crime that happens around here, things like drugs, prostitution, all these things that matter and uh, no one helps the area of my side. NHS services uh, have been cut and cut and cut, particularly around mental health, um, substance misuse where I used to work. I've been absolutely ravaged and ravaged by a rush towards constant retendering, uh, which has decimated the service. It's completely um, demoralised the workforce. Yeah, I, I could never vote for Labour while that guy's in charge. I mean, he's in out without. Nobody trusts Corbyn. Nobody. Nobody. Nobody owns Corbyn. People around here wouldn't feel like they get represented by Lib Dems. We used to feel we got represented by Labour, but we don't even feel that anymore. And Lib Dems is a middle class. So it, it says something when this government's been in for 10 years, the cuts that they've made, and yet they still points ahead of Labour in a Labour town. That speaks volumes. The two left, that is, is Calvin. We're not a leftist town. So obviously we heard there uh, about concerns about people's uh, local area, um, some stuff about crime, the NHS, and people's antipathy towards Jeremy Corbyn. Um, I don't know about you guys, but that kind of chimes quite well with what I heard in Radcliffe yesterday. Now, does that fit with what you heard in Lee? Yeah, most definitely, especially the point on Corbyn. Um, obviously, uh, Lee is a been a long-held Labour seat and um, a lot of people saying that this time round they're considering voting another party, whether that be the Conservatives or the Brexit party, um, mainly uh, because they don't agree with Jeremy Corbyn, what he stands for. Um, 
And then also uh, in terms of Brexit then as well, a lot of people just want to see Brexit over the line. Um, Lee and Wigan as a whole was a very sort of leave-leaning area uh, with a big turnout there. Um, so that was the main issue that cut across to me, which is Brexit and Jeremy and sort of anti-Corbyn really. Yeah. What was it about Jeremy Corbyn that people were saying they didn't like? Um, mainly it was the, well, the, the common thing that came up whenever people sort of turned the conversation onto Corbyn was, uh, where's he getting this money from? All these grand spending plans, um, and, um, some issues about obviously the taxation, but then also, um, his stance on Brexit. Um, some people still feel that it's uh, not clear. Um, other people still feel that the referendum, the result from the referendum in 2016 should still stand and there shouldn't be a second go at it as you know, obviously Labour proposing should they um, you know, put it back to the people. So those two were definitely the main issues in Lee. Yeah, that came up a lot when when I was in Radcliffe and I know um, our colleague uh, Nick Statham's been out in Hayward and Middleton and sort of heard a sort of similar sentiment there from some voters. It was interesting uh, in Radcliffe, actually, I spoke to quite, Barry voted to leave in the referendum, um, but uh, I spoke to a number of Remain voters there yesterday who said, yeah, I voted to Remain, but it still isn't right that we should be trying to do something that kind of democratically over- overturns what happened in 2016 and that was a really kind of strong sentiment that I got from a lot of people um tell us a little bit about why Lee is perhaps a little bit more interesting in this election than it might have otherwise been thought uh, yeah sure um so obviously as I mentioned it's been a Labour held seat since just after the First World War uh, so 1922 has returned um Labour MP since then um up until the last general election it was the seat of Andy Burnham who obviously one-time leadership candidate for the part for the Labour Party and now uh, the mayor of Grand- Greater Manchester, which obviously he, he left his role as the MP to go for that role. And um, Joe Platt, who was a former councillor um, on Wigan Metropolitan Borough Council, has, uh, council sorry, has now been uh, in post now since 2017. Um, obviously what's interest- interesting is that, you know, recent polling seems to show that the Tories have a slight lead uh, ahead of Labour in that seat, which obviously would it would just be an incredible shock. Um, and that's the sort of feeling on the ground. Um, and it seems that sort of Labour could be quite worried that, that that could be the case. Yeah, I mean, there was this um, YouGov MRP poll that came out last week, wasn't there? And I don't want to spend the whole podcast talking about um, polling, but um, it was interesting because the, there was a kind of neck and neck uh, suggestion for Lee which I think might have come as a surprise to quite a lot of people, but actually it did chime with a lot of Labour people People have been saying to me about what was going on in, on the ground in Lee, that the, the, there was a sense almost uh, um, among many people that you would expect to be voting Labour of anything but Labour, which kind of fits with what you were saying, that not necessarily Conservative, not necessarily Brexit Party, um, but just uh, just not Labour. Um, Dom, tell us a little bit about what you've been hearing when you've been out and about. Does it fit with those kind of sentiments or what, what are the seats like where you've been out talking to people? Well, I, I've been out in um, Burnley, which is obviously quite a small constituency, but uh, a very kind of Labour dominant constituency traditionally. Um, it's, it's been quite strange. It, it was, a you know, the whole of Lancashire has been a very kind of leave heavy area, but... Um, when I went out and about uh, and talked to people, they they were kind of very politically disenfranchised. I didn't really see kind of even a, a desire to vote in a lot of people, uh, to be honest with you. And, and a lot of other people, it was kind of, uh, you know, they were completely stuck. I mean, even spoke to a couple of people who both said that they were going to swallow their ballots. Um, I think um, 
you know, in terms of talking about the clip that we just heard, they sort of chimed mostly with the guy who was in the um, in the butchers. He was kind of saying there was no point voting. That was kind of the feeling that I was getting. Um, I think apart from that, I think Brexit is obviously a huge uh, part of uh, people's desires. And, and um, at the moment, Labour don't really have enough in their kind of Brexit uh, manifesto to to kind of attract more votes. Um I think I think there that is it's really going to be between people either going to be picking the Brexit party or the Conservatives. Um, and uh, the latest YouGov poll showed that, uh, in fact, the Brexit party was was third um, out of out of the parties there. And really, the the Leave vote has been split. Um, that's possibly going to be the only thing that keeps um, uh, Julie Cooper in power in Burnley at the moment. So that was what I was kind of getting for voters there. And have you been out in Blackburn as well? Am I right in thinking that? I've been in, ba- out in Blackburn as well. Um, I think they're slightly different there. Um, I think Labour are possibly going to hold sway there. Again, I think there's a lot of frustration around Brexit, but um, I think there there is more of a desire to, to keep hold of Labour. Um, you know, there's a lot of Asian communities in, in Blackburn and they're very traditionally Labour. I think, you know, they're, they're kind of their traditional stances on racism and on community and kind of those kind of things are, are really sort of still quite idealistic there. Um, and, and I think that will keep Kate Holler in her seat. Um, I think more importantly or more kind of interestingly was um, the things that are coming out in in places like Preston where, you know, the seat's been been Labour for a long time. The MP there has held it for more than 20 years. And a lot of people have said that they're, they're going to be kind of, you know, flirting with the idea of voting Tory um, again because of Brexit. Mm, yeah, that's really interesting. One, Jerry, I, I don't know whether you found this when you've been talking to people, but one thing that struck me has been the kind of lack of resonance of both leaders in some respects in the areas that we've been talking to people that... Um, there is antipathy among many uh, traditional Labour voters towards Jeremy Corbyn, but also a kind of not a lot of certainty either about Boris Johnson. There's a big issue about trust that is coming up a lot um, in terms of the ability of both leaders to deliver what they're saying that they're able to do. Has that been your sense when you've been out and about? What what have people been saying to you about Jeremy Corbyn and Boris Johnson? Yeah, I think you're right. And it's, it's a damning indictment, isn't it, of the kind of situation we're in because people seem to be it seems like they're going to be voting about who is the least worst for them and it's 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 really sad because that's clearly not how it should be um you know the people i'm speaking to so i've, I've been out and about in um pudsey which is a very marginal constituency and um, the tories took it by 339 i believe votes last time um but people are they're, they're sick and tired and you know i know we talk as reporters and, and you know a lot of people talk a lot about election fatigue and voting fatigue but I really do think that that's going to play a big part in this election I've, I've said kind of multiple times now I I really think one of the big problems on December 12th is going to be that people don't turn out at all and you know whether that's due to whether or what it is whatever it is I don't think people are inspired by anyone for various reasons. You know, it's it's really a it's a it's a um, it's not a great lineup, is it? I was really struck in Radcliffe yesterday by the fact that I didn't find anybody who knew for sure how they were going to vote on December the twelfth. I think there was one person who said like they'd probably vote Labour, 
Um, but this is an area that should be, you know, it's it's working class. It's always voted uh, Labour in the past until slightly more recently when um, independent groupings have started to make an inroad uh, uh, during the local uh, elections. There have there have been some Tory candid- uh, Tory councillors in in Radcliffe, but broadly speaking, it is it's a Labour area. And then over the last kind of six months or so, these little kind of independent parties have started to. Uh, go out campaigning there and say the state of your area is such a mess. Labour and local government have let you down. Blah blah blah. I don't know. I mean, I, I think this is a bit of a dynamic in Lee. Am I right in thinking that there's a frustration that the council's maybe not that bothered about that particular part of the borough? Is that something that you found when you were talking to people? Um, yeah. So uh, you know there are independent groupings on on Wigan Council uh, when it comes to Lee, um, the area of Lowton. Uh, which uh, is a village that falls within the constituency is split in two. Uh, so the western half is uh, twinned with sort of Goulburn, which is um, all held by Labour councillors, and Lowton East is um, completely controlled by three Tory councillors. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's certainly in terms of sort of local development and planning, that sort of thing. Um, a lot of residential development are going on around Lowton and they feel, you know, these plan applications are being passed through by the planning committee, uh, which obviously is, is a mixture of all parties. But um, yeah, there's just a feeling that, you know, that village is losing its identity, but they feel that they, judging by the people I've, I've spoken to anyway, that their three Tory councillors are a better representation of what how they feel compared to the wider local authority. It's just it's just interesting whether this kind of tactic of the Conservatives over the last 10 years or so to effectively take money out of local government and then allow Labour in local government in places like this to take the blame for that, to some extent perhaps seems to have worked and seems to be working. And that kind of crossover between the issues that actually aren't necessarily general election issues, which I've heard being repeated back to us quite a lot in this campaign, just saying the state of my area, my area is kind of run down. We've got lots of kind of things like antisocial behaviour and low-level crime and so on. Is that something, Dom, is that something that you noticed when you went out? I know Brexit is a kind of huge issue, but did you also get that kind of background noise about the lower level stuff and the frustration with the state of people's communities? I did. Um, I mean, especially in Burnley, I talked to a lot of people and, and you know, they, they were kind of talking about, as, as the woman was talking about in the clip, um, fly tipping and general issues around council tax, potholes, obviously, um, crime. But I think in Burnley, there was kind of a, quite a different attitude from people in the way that it was kind of, we've always had to deal with this. So, so what's the difference after this next election? We'll continue to deal with it. Um, it's kind of, it was a bit of a standing indictment, really, because because people were kind of, almost accepting that that was that was going to be the state afterwards it had been the state before and that um you know whether they voted labor or tory that didn't matter really um but i think there is this kind of general feeling of of background noise and of all the small things and uh, you know where is my council tax going um that could possibly have an effect but i think the effect might be in in areas like this that people just uh, almost become kind of disconnected to politics in that way and they possibly don't don't even think about voting or possibly put in kind of a protest vote, um, especially from what, from what I've heard in Burnley. Yeah, that definitely fits with uh, with what I was hearing in Radcliffe yesterday. 
Yeah, um, I, I just want to come back in on the antisocial behaviour point because that was the one of the main things that cut through apart from the sort of national issues like Brexit and um, the leadership candidates, um, so the leadership of both parties. Um, antisocial behaviour is a huge issue in Lee. Um, everyone I spoke to, um, you know, said it's a problem, you know, vandalism um, in the town centre. The town centre itself obviously is, um, you know, there's a lot, of, it's in decline itself and this sort of vandalism, this antisocial behaviour sort of crept in. Uh, a lot of people I spoke to sort of said similar, in a similar vein to council tax, obviously the policing precept keeps going up and, you know, they're not seeing police on the streets. And one person told me, you know, they're seeing this pledge of 20,000 new officers by Boris Johnson and they're saying, okay, you know, hopefully that means it'll, there'll be an improvement in Lee. Um, so yeah, antisocial behaviour was one of the main local issues um, that really came across, especially in Lee Town Centre when I spent the day there. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think um, I, I've been a bit puzzled, I think, as I've said a bit on Twitter about why Labour aren't talking a bit more about crime in this election. Because in the kind of areas that they need to to win, there's been a real noticeable kind of rise in neighbourhood crime in a lot of those places. In Radcliffe yesterday, there was that that was something. Once you got a little bit further into the conversation past the kind of Jeremy Corbyn this, Boris Johnson that, Brexit this, Brexit that, then when you start to talk to people about what mattered them, to them in their areas... Um, crime was definitely a thing that came up quickly. And people were saying, you know, we're not talking about serious, mad, crazy crime. You know, it's the burglaries, it's the robberies, it's the sense that the kind of general lack of care and lack of response in the area. And um, I mean, I don't know whether either of either you, Dom or you, Jerry, have have seen that come out in the areas that you've been going to. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I was in um, both in Sheffield Hallam a couple of weeks ago and, you know, it's, it's a very, if you look at the constituency, it's, um, it's very leafy kind of, um, uh, the road I was walking up had a lot of kind of big gated houses. It doesn't reflect the whole constituency, sure, but it, it's quite a kind of well-to-do area. And, you know, the people I've been to there said, yeah, you know, we're seeing more and more around here. It, it, it's not just these kind of, you know, city constituencies or inner city constituencies also. And the other interesting thing in Sheffield Hallam, we're talking about trust earlier, is um, you obviously have the whole saga with Jared Amara there as well. Um, so it's not just about trusting the leader of whatever party. You know, Jared Amara has let that city down so much. And even though he, you know, is no longer a Labour MP, people still associate him with Labour. So it's it, that that trust has been broken there as well. So it's so multifaceted. It's, it's really difficult. Yeah, I, I know you've also uh, been uh, talking to some younger voters uh, as part of the coverage that you've been doing. Let's have a, a, a bit of a listen to what they've been uh, talking to you about. Well, I'd actually disagree with what a lot of you said, that young people are most concerned about Brexit. Definitely from my experience, that's not the case. And I'd say Brexit has even gone to the other extreme and disengaged lots of young voters. A lot of people I know are so confused by this vote going through this and this being blocked and this, that they're almost switched off from the whole thing. And it's only when you bring it back to real things that affect their life that people become switched on about politics again. Mm -hmm. So from my experience in Bradford issues uh, education obviously climate change the massive like strikes in Leeds uh, the housing market uh, access to higher education ed education even in secondary schools they're issues that affect young people and that get young people passionate about politics I don't think Brexit is this massive thing that the Tories do paint it out to be that everyone is 
so concerned about. I think there's more pressing issues, especially facing young people, that they're concerned about. And I think Josh and the Greens would probably agree with that. Yeah, I would definitely agree with what Lydia says about young people having a broad range of concerns. I think one of the things we can really see for the previous few elections, but particularly at this election, is young people moving much more towards left of centre parties, so much more towards the Greens or towards Labour. And I think that's because the sort of generational compact that you work hard, you try really hard, and you do well at school, and you will be rewarded, is broken. And lots of things have broken it, climate change being one, but fundamentally the economy doesn't provide a decent standard of living for too, so many people, and I think that's a big issue. So um, clearly there's, uh, there's a particular interest there uh, um, around the environmental agenda and around uh, climate change. What were your kind of key impressions from sitting down with, uh, with that group of voters from Leeds? Yeah, so interesting because, you know, it was clear that they did care about Brexit. It would be silly to say they didn't. But the first thing that most of them said was actually climate change. They said, we've been out on the protests. We've, we've, we've you know, been involved in extinction rebellions for some of them. And we really feel like our future is a threat here. You know, um, one of them said that, you know, Brexit might <laughs> might impact them negatively for a few years, but those years won't be there if we don't tackle the climate emergency. So they've got that kind of, that um, that perspective. And I think you can see that the parties understand how important the environment is in this election by how many announcements there have been around it. Now, whether you want to take those seriously or not, and whether you believe them is a different matter, but they clearly want to capitalise on that feeling that people want to see something done about the climate emergency. Um, and you know what? It was really... Um, interesting and really inspiring talking to those young people. They're aged between 17, so the youngest um, we had on was 17, and she obviously can't vote in this election, feels very frustrated about that, up to you know around 25. And they were so knowledgeable about all the issues that are going to impact them, um, but they don't feel like they're being heard on any of them. What sense did you get of which uh, messages and which kind of things in the campaign had cut through to them? Had they been paying attention to, you know, all the stuff that political Twitter obsesses about? Did you get the sense that that group of people had picked up on those things? And sort of, if so, what were the things in the campaign that they'd that they'd noticed, that they'd spotted? Yeah, absolutely. I think it'd be fair to say that the majority of them were left-leaning. So they spoke a lot about opportunity and how they feel like they've had a lack of opportunity. And they were really chiming with, um, Jeremy Corbyn's message of of that of offering you know training and skills and education and things like that and jobs. Um, so they were they were very keen on that, and they do they they on the whole they didn't like Boris Johnson. They don't see him as trustworthy, and they don't think that he has any of their interests at, at, at his core. And 
yeah, I can understand why. Dom, did you notice uh, when you were out and about any kind of difference between uh, any sort of generational difference in what people were concerned about? I'm I'm guessing that as a, a, a city that's got students in it, maybe Preston, there's a kind of slightly different demographic demographic maybe to if you go out and about in Burnley, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, that's that's right, really. Yeah, in Preston, there were definitely more people that were concerned about the environment, certainly, and younger people were, were more concerned about the environment. Um, as you know, it's, it's quite heavy. Um, student city um preston whereas burnley is really more of a working class town and you know more of a working class attitude really in terms of you know there, there isn't an, a, a, an education you know, there isn't a university there um so you know the environment wasn't really on the agenda there um you also have to take into account places like Fylde and blackpool um where we have the you know the only fracking site in the uk uh, preston new road um which has been a lot of issues around that so you do have quite a few kind of uh, older and younger voters around there that are keen to vote green um, purely on the basis of getting rid of the, the fracking problem. Um, so that that's another area where, you know, um, the environment is quite a heavy issue. Um, but yeah, as, as you said, it's, it's really been student heavy area. So mainly uh, black, uh, sorry, uh, Preston, where we've seen kind of people care more about the environment. Um, I don't think it's really on the radar in, in places like Burnley. I wonder whether it's another one of these kind of issues that's where there's a bit of a town-city divide happening around it. I mean, did you hear it come out at all when you were out and about in Lee? Was climate change something people talked about? Um, no. No. I don't think one person spoke about the climate there. No. Um, no. no. Nobody mentioned it by Cliff either. No. Yeah, there, there you go. But Jerry, when, you, when you've been talking to people in Sheffield Hallam, uh, is there a, is there a perhaps a difference in the kind of issues that are coming up there to what people are talking to you on the ground about in Pudsey, for example? I think the difference is, is that, that we're talking about those local and national issues earlier. There have been a lot of local issues in Sheffield Hallam that, again, we were talking about blaming Labour councils for things. Um, Labour council there has come under a lot of stick for um, cutting down a lot of trees. And that's really turned people against Labour in Sheffield Hallam, as well as the Daryl Amara saga. So I think people are, as with every election, not always aware of the things that MPs are responsible for and the things their local councils are responsible for. Um, and I think not addressing those differences and not making that clear to people will will definitely cost at, at the ballot box. And you know, if you look at somewhere like Pudsey, where that majority is so slim and things are kind of so different, Pudsey's a really interesting constituency because it's basically made up of five different areas that all have distinct identities. You've got an area which is largely made up of pensioners. You've got an area largely made up of working people. You've got some social housing. You've got a bit of a posher area. So it's it's a really mixed bag. And just going even within that one constituency to the different areas, you'll you'll find different concerns so I don't really envy being a candidate there because you've got to play to so many different audiences yeah it's, it's similar in Bury South actually and, and, and actually it sounds a little bit similar in Lee in that sort of geographically it's uh, it's actually a very varied constituency um, I went out to Radcliffe yesterday which is um, uh, a part of Bury that uh, got cut off essentially by a main road uh, a number of years back and everybody kind of warned that it was going to um, cause the high street to decline and lo and behold that's exactly what happened and when I was walking around yesterday it was very 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 quiet and I spoke to business owners who were saying you know one one woman who said we won't be here this time next year because there simply isn't enough footfall uh, coming through the town centre but then if you go to the other side of the constituency you're in sort of more middle class, Manchester adjacent, 
uh, Presswich and uh, some of the residential areas around there and also a significant Jewish population as well. And I, I mean, I haven't been out to talk to people there yet. I'm going there um, this afternoon. But in a way, it's a kind of it's a good example of the two different audiences that Labour are trying to keep together and, and, and uh, in its sort of electoral coalition. And as I say, yesterday, certainly in Radcliffe, the sense was, well, I just don't know. It wasn't it wasn't kind of overwhelmingly any more antipathy towards one rather than the other. It was just I don't know. I'm confused by this and I'm angry that the phrase that kept kept coming up again and again and again was it's just such a mess or they've made such a mess of this and when you said to them like what do you mean Brexit they would just say well no all of it it's all a mess um there was a woman who came out from Lidl and just I said well you talked to me about the election and she sort of rolled her eyes and said you've got to be joking right and I, I, I said well no you know I'm just wondering what your feelings are on it and she said oh I heard Robert Paston say that this was the most miserable election that he's ever covered and that completely sums it up for me this is the most miserable election ever and just kind of and just walked away and I was kind of standing there in the cold outside this little thinking yeah that pretty much that pretty much sums up how I feel about this it pretty much sums up how the electorate um, feels about this I suppose finally like was there anything that anybody found when they were going out talking to people that surprised them was there anything that because we all go out I think with an open mind when we go and talk to voters in these places um, and you but you at the same time if you've got a knowledge of your area the certain things that you expect and then sometimes they get challenged was there anything now that people said to you where you were kind of like oh I didn't see that coming uh, well one person said they'd like to see Piers Morgan as Prime Minister um, <laughs> yep okay. that's the one that's related to me um, no it, it was I, I was quite surprised really by um, Boris Johnson's popularity a, a lot of people obviously because he's the you know his mantra is get Brexit done and in such an area that is staunchly leave you know, when they see someone like that, um, more than one person sort of said to me, you know, I, I like Boris, I like, you know, compared to Jeremy Corbyn, these are, in some cases, are lifelong Labour voters and it's just the personality, it just seems to cut across really. But yeah, definitely um, Boris Johnson's popularity was quite interesting, definitely. How about you, Dom? Was there anything you came across that you hadn't seen coming? Um, I was quite surprised about how um, people didn't seem to, to mention the, the leaders of the parties. You know, there was no mention of Boris Johnson or Jeremy Corbyn. It was more about the candidates. I was quite, I was quite surprised that they, was, they were much more concerned about someone who's actually going to be the MP for Burnley, which was quite good because, you know, they're, they're kind of more, you know, clued up on actually how, how things work. So they were much more concerned about, you know, Judy Cooper's popularity and uh, the fact that they didn't really know candidate is Anthony Hickenbotham um, and, and the, you know it was more there was more sort of a concern on their popularity and what they had done and obviously as, as Judy Cooper's been the MP there for a while and there was kind of a lot of animosity towards her and this idea that it was her that hadn't done enough for the town rather than Labour and, and, and Jeremy Corbyn um, I, was, I was quite surprised by that um, I think apart from that I was I was um, I was, I was more expecting there to be a lot more sort of um, popularity towards the Brexit party, but uh, there was kind of none of that in, in Burnley. Um, as I said, there was there was many more people that were just sort of disenfranchised, which was which was quite surprising. Yeah, I didn't hear anything about the Brexit party once when I went out. I didn't hear Nigel Farage mention it at all. Um, how about you, Joey? Was there anything that um, that challenged your expectations, or was it as expected? Yeah, I mean, I, I have heard about the Brexit party quite a bit. A um, um, couple of elderly ladies who um, called themselves the Golden Girls were having their lunch in Pudsey, which I rudely interrupted. Um, they did give me some of their tea, though. Um, who were both very, very strong Brexit Party supporters. I mean, it's a Tory-held seat, so there's no um, there's no Brexit Party candidate for them to vote for, which kind of left them a bit 
stuck again. And I said, well, surely you'll be lending your vote to Boris Johnson then. No, can't stand him. So where those people are going to go who would have voted Brexit Party in a Tory seat, I, I don't know. And that was quite an interesting one because I had figured that, um, that they would instead, yeah, go go Tory if they didn't have the option, but it's just not the case. Yeah, I had a woman yesterday who um, was absolutely insistent that there shouldn't have been a second referendum. And me and the other guy in the shop were saying, well, there hasn't been a second referendum. And she said, no, there has. And we said, no, there really hasn't been a second. And she said, well, well, they want there to be, there shouldn't be. And she, also, I didn't correct her when she called Jeremy Corbyn, James Corbyn. But I mean, it's it's a kind of, that's the thing about elections, isn't it? When you live and work in it, you kind of assume that, that everybody is paying attention to these details. But actually, you know, most of the time people really aren't. And quite honestly, good for them. Um, that's all we've got time for this week. I wanted to thank uh, all of our guests for coming on. Uh, Niall, Dom and Jerry. This time next week, we'll be in the thick of polling day. So our final episode episode will come out slightly earlier in the week and we'll be summing up our impressions of how the campaign has played out in the north. Uh, We hope you've enjoyed listening and until then, bye for now.